Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. It is February, and this month we are s- sponsored by Jeff Fulmer, who wrote a great book that is um, on, it's an ebook on Amazon called Firebird Jim. FirebirdJim.com is his website, and I read it. It's, it's great. If you like aliens and high school and James Dean, and it's dark and smart and funny and it's episodic. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of a comic book, but I read the first one. It's great. If you have some way to read an ebook, which involves a computer, which is how you're listening to this, you can also get the Kindle app, a nook, all of these things. You can read it on your computer. He'd probably skyride it for you, but just go to Amazon and look up Firebird Jim and he is our sponsor this month and I recommend his book. There you go. The other thing I should tell you before we begin, allthingscomedy.com is the podcast network that I am with, and they are great. A couple of podcasts, if you go to allthingscomedy.com, that are not mine, are Crab Feast. I was on an episode of that. That's a storytelling one. Tom Papa, come to Papa. Uh, that guy, Tom Papa, great stand-up comic. He has a he has a podcast. And Aaron Foley, friend of the show, has Sports Without Balls. And there's a boatload others. So go to allthingscomedy.com. And welcome to the show. Let's do this. Hey, I'm here with Chris Mancini back in my living room. Thank you, God. It is great to be back. <laughs> Welcome. Comedy film nerds. I write. I, I, yes, I, I yes. write the reviews. Big part of the site, absolutely. And always a, a great and unexpected review, too. Like I, I like how you never know where you're going to fall on a movie. So uh, always, your, your articles are always a joy to read. <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah. Really, really, it could. Mm-hmm. I was just... Uh, and was, it doesn't matter the movie. You're like, oh, clearly Jackie will hate this movie. And then you're, oh, no. No, 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 I was thoroughly wrong. enjoyed yeah. that film. <laughs> Clearly, Jackie will thoroughly enjoy this yes. movie. And I just, I've been beaten up so hard for liking The Hobbit that I've actually come to believe mm. that The Hobbit is fine as an action adventure movie. Let, let me explain the thing about The Hobbit movies. It's very simple. It's very <laughs> we did, simple. We did two episodes on The Hobbit yeah, for comedy Yeah, we, we did. And uh, I can sum it up pretty easily now because the same thing. I've been thinking about it and talking about it. The Hobbit are great Lord of the Rings movies with The Hobbit in them. <laughs> See, I think the Lord of the Rings movies are crummy Hobbit movies with uh, Viggo Mortensen in it, <laughs> which I thoroughly enjoy Viggo Mortensen mm-hmm. at all times. Because really, what Peter Jackson's been doing, he's trying to Lord of the Rings eyes the Hobbit movies. And, he really has. And, and when you, you know, once you accept that and move on, you're like, oh, now I can kind of enjoy these movies. I understand that it's not going to be this small... Uh, piece that has grand things going around it and focus on the Hobbit. It's going to oh, no, be, it's, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge and focus on what's going on in the entire world. And then we'll get scenes of the Hobbit interspersed <laughs> <laughs> because he's just a Hobbit. And, but I will say this and I've, I've said it before is that I do think Peter Jackson sort of got Hobbits better in this than he did in the, in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm eating, um, a piece of candy, so that's and they be are fun. delicious. They are delicious. I will say it's not like you know you don't uh, you don't throw out the the mediocre candy. No, no, this isn't a Whitman sampler, right? But I didn't give you too much. I mean, granted, if we ate all of this candy, 
It would be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it would be really dumb because there's like seven pieces of I just of want you to know chocolate. I'm trying not to because right. they're so delicious. Right. And I forgot to eat breakfast, so I thought, let's have a dark chocolate peanut butter cup instead Well, and, of breakfast. And, and those are my favorite things, dark oh. chocolate and peanut butter. They're so good, Trader Joe's. And in tiny cups, <laughs> tiny bite size, yes. where you're like, oh, I'm only having... Well, four. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> How about one? Wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. So, matter of fact, I'll move. Yeah. It's a better idea. And, the, and then we'll have oh, to Oh, but now you brought out prime rib. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What am I thinking? It's like Willy Wonka yeah. at, in Van Nuys here at the, the Cajun Casienda. Casienda? That's what I said. I couldn't, I couldn't pick what language I wanted to be yeah. in or what word meant house. You know, uh, it's a homey, large, place where people live. <laughs> Maybe that's my new... Okay. Uh, Chris Mancini, couple of things. We got Comedy Film yes. Nerds, the podcast. Yes. We got ComedyFilmNerds.com, the movie review site. Yes. Place also to purchase uh, movies and uh, and other uh, videos. T-shirts, a lot of Jackie Cation uh, paraphernalia merch. you can, you can you, get there. You can get the mm-hmm. merch. You can mm-hmm. get the merch. My you have place, a Jackie Cation gift pack. Yeah. You have a gift pack. Mm-hmm. I just... Uh, whenever you order anything from JackieCation.com... Consider it a gift pack. Yeah. Because you get a trinket. And I've taken to taking all, like I, I did the LA comment, I did the podcast fest, right? Yes. The LA yes. pod fest. We're happy to have you. And, uh, you and Graham and Andy Wood and Dave Anthony. Yes. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are the, uh, the, the, the minds behind that. And you get those artist badges at these events. And I've taken to writing on the back of them the old Mitch Hedberg joke. Can you throw this out for me? And just including it with every, <laughs> with an order. I'm just like, cause I just got one from Sketchfest. Yes. So if the next person who orders, when Sketchfest is over, because I, I, that, that's I don't the think big it's difference. cool. That's the big difference between, um, filmmakers and comedians. Um, when the, um, comedians get lanyards, it means nothing. And they throw them away. No. Where the filmmakers, when they have a film play in a festival, yeah. it's like a shrine. They take oh. every single like, uh, artist of, badge and then you know, with the uh, ticket, put, with the, the ticket, they put it on the wall or, uh, yeah, in a, in a special <laughs> folder. They never get thrown away. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now I, the main difference is, uh, when you're at a film festival, you've spent thousands and thousands of dollars to get there. <laughs> right. You've spent a bajillion dollars to yeah. get there and a million the, the, years. A comedy festival, it. you get invited. You get so, invited yeah. and you've done comedy and you're like, Oops. Oh, I get to do comedy again. Oh, look, your phone went off and not mine. Oh, isn't that Congratulations. That's very embarrassing? And it was Graham, so he'll 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 wait. Oh, hello, Graham Elwood. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I he's uh, probably calling to bug me. We need to be on more podcasts right now. Oh, do so, you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. So we're gonna get to your dorkdom, but let's yes. let's talk about the thing that you're doing because you're doing a podcast documentary. Yes, called um, Earbuds, the podcasting Earbuds. documentary. The podcasting mm-hmm. documentary, Earbuds. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of people are like, why would you do that? This is like a new medium, and it's like, what would you even talk about? And um, this is what we decided. We we recorded a lot of footage at the LA Podcast Festival, basically for a proof of concept to see, is there a documentary? Would this be compelling? Would this be interesting? Okay. And we found why it is and what the... What the Thank God. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. tell me, because I was just <laughs> like, the, what, what I've been the doing podcasts the, uh, for like almost 10 years yeah. now, and I'm well, like... Who cares? Yeah, yeah. And really what it is, is uh, ultimately with podcasting, it's going to explore the personal connection between the podcaster and the fan that occurs in no other 
medium. Right. And uh, the way the fans become so engaged and just get to know you so well and the way yeah. we actually get to know the fans as well. That doesn't happen in radio. It doesn't happen in TV. It doesn't happen so in So is movies. it going to be about the fans too? Exactly. That's what it's going to be. Only half of it is going to be us talking to the podcasters. And that's why the budget is a little higher. It's 135000 because we want to travel. Right. We're going to go to the Midwest to see the fans. I mean, we get emails like, you know, I listen to you guys while I'm on my tractor or my combine. Like right. we want to meet them and then like, <laughs> yeah, you know, see that. Yeah. And talk to, um, and literally talk to like, you know, we, we, we know the podcasters here. There, it wouldn't be that expensive. We're just going to walk around and talk to the podcasters, but Could that's you get a lot of shots is. of people in cubes listening. Yes. That'd be fascinating. Subways <laughs> and just, just talking to the fans. We got another email. A fan was struggling with addiction and just listening to everyone oh, and yeah. their stories and, it encouraged him to go um, to rehab to get help. I mean, the fact that, you know, just these podcasts, we think, oh, we're just kind of talking into a microphone. We're not. Yeah. We're affecting people's lives in a hopefully positive way. Wait, wait. No, no. I mean, the thing about pod, I mean, po- podcasting is fascinating only yes. because of how it's, it's old timey radio in some ways. It's, and it's so specific and yet so general and it can be about anything. Yes. And it is. Oh my God. I was on one called Star Wars Minute. Mm-hmm. And then I was on. What's that about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what you're given is you're given five minutes. You're given five one minute chunks of Star mm-hmm. Wars. And then every day they release 15 minutes of us talking about that minute. Wow. And I did a Star Wars. I did five Star Wars minutes mm-hmm. and I just did five Empire Strikes Backs minutes. Nice. Backs minutes. <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping to do five Return of the Jedi's minutes. And look how, I mean, in a weird way, it's like, well, that's not very personal. And in fact, it's intensely personal. Right. Because, because you're, you're like, you know what I really liked about this one was, uh, Han Solo's pants. Yeah. And cause it's a, a minute. You're spending yeah. 15 minutes discussing, mm-hmm. you know, what she's wearing, what he's right. looking at, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going yeah. on with that weird, I mean, where George Lucas jumped the shark was with that first, um, tiny robot in Star Wars. And that was one of my minutes is when the tiny robot in Star Wars, when they have Chewie handcuffed. Yes. And they're walking him to the detention area. And, and growls. The, yeah. And the little, and the little robot dude mm-hmm. is there for, um, comedic effect. But he's there. That should be a tense moment. Why, why, why ruin it with that? So what you've done there. Oh wait. No, no. Ah, fuck. <laughs> My theory completely explodes because I liked that one. It was, I'm, I'm wrong. It's in, I, I didn't, I got that episode, that in Star Wars Minute I got, but the one in, in Empire Strikes Back, I didn't get the, where he jumps the shark is in Empire Strikes Back, sorry, is on Okay, Hoth. start over. Okay, on Hoth, when, uh, the tiny robots of the giant menacing robots, the, the walkers, mm-hmm. when there's a little one, and you're like, Fuck you. Why is there a little tiny walker? Oh, you mean walking near the walkers? Yeah, like they're... Oh, yeah, the scouts. Yeah, they're... You can call them scouts, mm-hmm. but they're just adorable little menacing walkers. <laughs> is what they are. <laughs> Fuck you, well, Now, wait a minute. They yep. might be walking Wi-Fi towers. You don't know, so... <laughs> I don't. I yeah, don't know. They could You're be right. walking Wi-Fi towers. So In the 1981. Other, yes, so the other, <laughs> you know, future, you know, right, so, so the other walkers could talk to each other. That's it's true. <laughs> it could, could be, could be, uh, just a little, little booster, little router booster. You know, and then the, you know, and occasionally they would, they would, um, transmit a message, watch out for rope, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like? I like the idea that, 
I can be wrong about the Star Wars thing again because I do. I love it so much that I just want it to be. It's part of our DNA at this point. It really the, is. I can't. I can't hate on it, and I and when I try to hate on it, I just backpedal. Yep. And it just all falls apart. Well, there's like a new TV show coming out now too. It's like you know how because um, of Disney. Because uh, of Disney, you know how Cartoon Network did like the Clone Wars. Yeah. And um, well, they're moving on now. Now that Disney bought them, is they're actually going to set a TV show in the time of the first trilogy. Okay. So, and I already saw like little clips from it and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like excited. <laughs> like, right. I want to see it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is exactly. Cause the thing is, is the empire is, is, a, is the faceless um, bad guy. You can just hate. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's when it was the hate of Right. When, <laughs> when it was in the first times. Right. So, so your dorkdom. We, I was yes. like, you know oh. what I wanted to talk to you about. I'm trying to think if I wanted to add anything more about the podcast document. Well, we're, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll swing back. Oh, it's a Kickstarter. The it's a Kickstarter. And, yeah. And, and do the, and do the website. Yes. It is. Uh, if you go to kickstarter.com and just type in earbuds, the podcast documentary and, and I'll put it a link in the window. Yes. That would be great. And honestly, it's, we just really need the podcast fans to, like we say, get engaged as we know you are. And we literally only need. Five dollars from everybody, and oh, it, really? it will fund. It okay, really, it will fund if we every listener um, here just does five dollars. We're we're good. We're we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, because all we're right. going on a lot of podcasts, and if you hear us on a podcast, five beans. That's there all. You go. That's all we're asking. Now, Ramp if you can afford ten grand, great. Right. You know? <laughs> and with ten grand, I think don't you each of you oh, make out e- with them? Executive producer. Hello. Hello, yes. executive. And you're just like, and, and how can I rub your back yeah, in the tub? Exactly. Now now you're an associate producer too. <laughs> uh, but I mean the main goal that Graham and I we talked about this and we realized that somebody's gonna make a documentary podcasting and we realized like we want it to be done right. We don't want it to be done half ass. We want to show what's so important about it, not just the personalities. We want to show the fans because that's really um, the other half of the equation. And the other thing too I'd is one of three quarters. Yeah, three equation. quarters, sure. <laughs> and when we want to bring more people into the fold, we want this movie to exist to bring more people and be into podcasting and make more people aware of podcasting that may not like if they see it on Netflix. Oh, this looks cool. Then it might cause people to like search out like shows like yeah. Dork Forest or Welcome to Night Vale or, or comedy film nerds or whatever. I mean, we really want. Um, to bring more people, uh, I want people into to it. seek out, yes. uh, sports without balls. Yeah. Which is Erin Foley's, uh, yeah, where yeah. she talks to lady sports people. Great. She asked me to be on it and I was like, what would I, what would I talk about? And she was like, well, what sports are you into? And I was like, mmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, what would I talk about? She said, oh, good point. Yeah. We will not have that. <laughs> I said, you could come back on the Dork Forest and talk about sports again. Yes. And that would be fine. <laughs> so. Aaron's very funny. Yeah, she's great. She's one and of my faves right now. But, um, what I was going to ask you about yes. was what video games you're playing at this time. Cause I know that, yes. that you try to, you try to keep up. I do. You know, it's, it's, I've, I've never gotten to the point. Do you have a PS4? Uh, no. And, and there's a reason I don't. Uh, there's two reasons actually. One of them, I still have a fair amount of PS3 games that I haven't gotten Finished, through yet. Yep. And the other reason is I never buy a new game system the first year because it's basically you're a beta tester. Okay. When, uh, when a new system comes out, there's always, there's an overheating problem. There's a software patch that'll crash the system right. or whatever. There's always that. No one ever, um, comes <laughs> out. There, yeah. There, there's, there's never that like, Oh my God, these new systems that came out, it worked great for like two years. I never had a problem. You never <laughs> really hear that. So I, I, I want to finish the games I have and then let the bugs get worked out on the new system. Sure. And, and I will definitely be buying a PS4 probably, uh, As end of this year or next year. 
Definitely as opposed to Xbox. Not because I like one over the other. I just like the games better. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm certainly not a hater <laughs> yeah. on anything Xbox. Right, right. I just, I just like the games better on the PS. Well, I think, I think PS4. once you get used to the, the user interface of, of a certain system, you're like, no, I, I know and how the to controller button mash. too. Yeah, yeah. I know how to button mm-hmm. mash on this mm-hmm. controller. I do right. not know how to button mash right. on that controller, right. <laughs> which is why I never got into, um, I was pretty proud of myself actually, because when I moved in with Andy, I was like, "Oh, he's got a PS3. Mm-hmm. He's got this, this, this Nintendo business. He's got everything." Right? <laughs> yeah, the Nintendo business. He's got a Nintendo business. Well, 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 that's. I mean, we have the PS3. We have a Wii. Right. And we have that. We also have an iPad, right. iPhones, and also an old DS that is older than our children, but <laughs> we still use. Right. Well, we have um. We have the Game Boy Advance. We have a couple oh, of those, and older. we have a couple of DSs, mm-hmm. and then we have a PSP. Oh, um, now the PSP is one that always looked cool, but I never really, I never got. Well, I think it was it was very ambitious, and uh, Andy got it when he was working at Sony because he thought he should learn the some of the handheld stuff because he, you know, he worked at um, Sony for six yes. or seven years, uh-huh. working on like God of War and I Warcraft yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, and then he went to THQ and worked on Wii games and DS mm-hmm. games. And then THQ imploded. Yes. And, and uh, you know, full disclosure, Andy and I had a uh, game we were developing together and went oh, yeah? all the way to the UK. Oh, with, right. Uh, yeah. Just never, nothing ever happened. But it was, it was fun working with your, uh, your husband on uh, getting the game, uh, <laughs> well, trying to the, put it together. And that was the fascinating thing about game developing is to find out that it's a lot like movies where it can get, it can miserable. Just bailed on. Yeah. yeah. So after uh-huh. you've worked for a year and a half and you're yep. like, Screw this. Yeah. Or <laughs> everyone so gets mad. laid off or it's a good, right. yeah. Or the, just that specific team goes or whatever. It just fades into the woodwork sometimes. And in the meantime, these giant companies are making billions of dollars again off right. of, you know, and, or, and less innovation, unfortunately. Right. Or not. I mean, and the thing is, it, there's games that like I, I have an iPad and I have, um, and at Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. that's where all the games are. I don't even think of them as video games. I think of video games as my old timey uprights, you know? Right, right. And then, and then PS3, I tried to play the last PS3 game I tried to play was, uh, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Oh, I can't play those. Oh, it's like 10 years old too. They're, they're it's such uh, a great game. It's a, it's an acrobatic game though. Mm-hmm. What, what, what were you playing? What are you I, playing? I played a couple of, uh, Prince of Persia ones and I can never get into them. I tried to play them. I'm like, I just, just not having fun. Then there right. was one where, I don't even remember the name of it. You had a companion, so you never really died. Like she would pull you up. Okay. Um, and then, but the, the way the worlds and stuff were set up with the mapping, I was like, I got completely lost. I didn't know yeah. which way to go. And I'm like, you know what? I'm bored. I can't. Do right. This. Now people love those games, but they just weren't well, for me. What it, in, in my opinion, and this is without any information, uh, all I know is I'm will, unwilling to do it. I have a theory that if I spent 14 hours just fiddling around with that one game, I'd get the whole interface. I'd know how to use the joystick. Life would be good. I'm unwilling to spend 14 hours uh, learning learning how to use the system. That right? is an unbelievably valid point because ultimately as you, when you want to play a video game, you want to have fun and right. enjoy it. You want the learning curve to be smooth right. and also organic. Like if I'm still trying to figure out how to play after four Five hours. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm not enjoying myself. Like, like a good example is like Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Never really played, uh, you know, I never really loved Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Uh, but I played Red, Same Red, people, Red yeah. Dead Redemption, Redemption and, uh, open world, completely different mechanics that right. I had played before. And 
it took me a little while to learn, but the learning curve was so smooth that, you know, I got into it very quickly and it ramps up very uh, slowly, so you could kind of learn how to do everything, and yeah. I loved it. I mean, it was—it's—it's it's one of the best games I've ever played. Red, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. Because yeah, it yeah. isn't—it's an open—it's like an open world western. It's you're—you're you're in. Uh, it's like you're in Unforgiven. Like if you're literally oh, cool. in a western <laughs> yeah. movie, and uh, you could—you do the missions, and the story progresses. But also, you have—you uh, um, could do side missions. You could just explore, and you could do all this other stuff. And the thing I love about it too is. You know, in narrative and movies, there's not always going to be a a multi-tiered boss battle. (laughs) (laughs) So in storytelling, you don't necessarily always need that. Like, this story progressed like a Western story. Mm -hmm. And I won't spoil it if you haven't played it, but it's amazing. And there are no boss battles in this. There's missions and story progression, but there's not, like, some big boss that you get to at the end that you have this giant, long fight with. Oh, right, um, right. And it, oh, like Sonic or, or right, Ratchet right. and Clank and, and, or whatever. And a, and, a, and a game like that, it just felt so um, real and organic to the way the game should play that yeah. it, was, it was fantastic. Oh, so cool. I hope they explore that again. But you and I, and I hate to say we're a little older than some of the people <laughs> listening, but we literally have seen the entire history of video games. I remember seeing Pong yeah. in a restaurant that my parents took me to. And I was like, Shakey's. what's that? Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I'm like, oh, my God, I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. I mean, you would go to the arcade. That was the big thing because you didn't really have good video games at home. Even when the Atari 2600 came out. Right, and the Commodore. and the- Yeah, you, they had, we had them at home. We played them, but like, eh, the good games are still at the arcade. Oh, the good games were. I yeah. didn't have them. And I'll tell you something. I knew people who had them, and I was like, mm, I'm okay. I'm okay <laughs> not having them because they're kind of shitty. And um, But the – yeah, I do think that um, – that Red Dead Redemption. Have you ever played Fallout? The no, Fallout I haven't 3? played Fallout yet. You I might heard like that one. Too. You might like that one because it's mm-hmm. like almost exactly like that, where right. the mission is you can, if you choose to diffuse that uh, old, because it's post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. you can diffuse that that old nuke, right? Or not? Yeah. <laughs> and as you walk away, <laughs> and that's a new thing, like yeah. the, your choices that actually affect the gameplay. Like if I play a game and you play the exact same game. We could have two different experiences, and that I find amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I watched. Um, the thing is, is, is you know, I got a lot of nieces and nephews, and they're willing. They're willing to sit for fourteen hours and learn the game. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I'm in. I'm. In. I will keep trying this until it's sort of like me trying to learn how to windsurf by myself. Right. <laughs> horrible example. Uh, but the, uh, but yeah, I like. Um, you could have talked about that on Aaron Foley's podcast. I could have wind windsurfing. Yeah. <laughs> Competitive windsurfing. I wonder if she watches. The, no, anyway. Because <laughs> I do like a couple of sports, but they're mostly X gamey sports. And it's because they're almost exactly like video games. I mean, when you watch someone drop into a half pipe and then do a, a double twist or what the heck, you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's, I definitely, that's a game. That's a video game that you are living, sir. And or madam. And, uh, <laughs> and or madam. And or madam. So, but the, um, but yeah, so what, uh, Red Dead Redemption, that's gotta be three or four years old though. Yes. And, and you haven't completely explored the, it yet. The, the reason is uh, I have a backlog because yeah. of, uh, I have two children. So mm-hmm. I do not go through games as, uh, fast as I used to, that's for sure. But the other thing about video games is I see like, you know, it's like, oh, you could beat that in like 10 to 15 hours. I'm like, I don't, if I pay for a video game, if $65 I don't, don't want to beat it in 10 to 15 hours. Yeah. I literally, I take the time, like, especially I love adventure and exploring aspects of the games. 
I will take the time to explore and enjoy the world that the developers have created for me. Right. I never rush through a game. Like a good example is because you're Effect. a filmmaker. Yeah, I think I think that might be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Because like even like with the Mass Effect games, they are okay. so rich and they are so detailed, and the world is so detailed. Now, what is that one? I have never even the Mass I've Effect heard of it, games, but I don't know it. Uh, yeah. Are basically you're um, in the middle of a science fiction novel, not okay. a story, an entire novel. So, and there's three of them. I haven't played the first one because it wasn't on PS3 when I started okay. playing. I played PS2 and I played Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. To the point where you create your character, you know, and you have different progressions you can get, the um, race and um, uh, all male, the females, traits. all the character yeah. traits. And uh, – no, I'm sorry, not race. It's, I think it's always human. Um, but it's, you know, male, female. But you can pick, like, what your job is, and then that all has RPG tiers on what your eff- your abilities and stuff are. Oh, okay. And – Oh, good replayability the, uh, then. Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely, uh, it's the same guys that do Dragon Age, but they do it in a sci-fi world. Okay. But what's fascinating about it is it gets into such detail of the world that is created that you literally have like lore where you can read up on different planets, races, and everything. You've got like this whole compendium that's basically a book that you read as you're going through this world. And you- A backstory a for A backstory, everything? yeah. And you also have relationships, like depending on who you would date. Okay. In the industry, and that, that uh, can change dynamics. You have, um, squad mates that go on missions with you. And then the squad mates, depending on who you pick, they have their own conversations. So if you pick different ones than me, yeah. you'll hear different conversations. And then as they interact with you, they'll butt heads and they'll fight with each other. And you huh. have to pick like who you'll support. Yeah. And then the one you don't support. Becomes is angry, ir- is angry at yeah, you. Be- yeah, be- becomes irritated with you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that again, that's everyone will play it differently. And then you also decide like, not all your companions may survive from game to game. So as you're playing the game, you're going to lose people, right. but you may lose different people than I would lose. Right. Uh, or if you literally play the game with a cheat guide and go meticulously through everything, you may not lose anybody. Right. But, right. But, at the, but if you're playing it honestly, you're going to lose somebody. <laughs> right. You're going to lose somebody. Well, but you're playing through an actual novel. You're playing through an actual novel. Where are you there have- novels? There are, are there companion novels? You know what? All that stuff is kind of being spun off. You yeah. Start, there's comic books. A movie's going to be made. But, okay. But you have like a, a lead character, but you also have uh, um, this arcing story that goes over three video games. That's a one giant long story. Okay. So uh, – and then every other character that's supporting has their own story. So you go through with them too. And it's, it's – it's, so it really is a novel. That's huge. It's, it's absolutely – it's the – most complicated programming I've ever seen in a video game. That's so weird because there's, I mean, when you, you can read get the novel, whole, you could get the whole trilogy now on one disc for PS3. Okay, and is it, um, are you playing some sort of supporting character in this novel, or are you the to lead? Start. That's what. That's what's so interesting about it. You start like you're, uh, and now, like I said, I haven't played the first one, but yeah, you're like an elite um, government agent, right? But as the story unfolds, you get more and more involved in this. Uh, overarching universe tearing apart story. And then to the is it point a romance where, novel? Like, yeah. is there a romance? Is there? You pick. You could, you could actually do it without any romance, right. or you could add who you want to romance. You could do same sex romance. You could do opposite sex romance. Look at them. You could do anything you want. Yeah. Uh, but is that a Sony production or who's the, who's the Bioware. publisher? Bioware. It's, yeah. Okay. EA bought them. Okay. Um, as they often do these As they do. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. But but also when you get finally to you know as the the game starts to wrap up and progress and uh, 
you know, you basically choose how the universe, how, how the story ends, you know, whether, oh. whether every, and, um, people were really mad at the ending and then they released like a director's cut where there's a little bit more to <laughs> it and all that stuff. And I, and I'm watching it and I don't think it's fair that people were mad at the ending because I was looking at the whole, the way the story progressed. And I, I honestly thought that, um, your choices and the different ways that the whole story ends. Yeah. Um, was organic to how the story progressed. Like I okay. thought there was really elements of each that were there. Now, um, it's going to end the way it's going to end because you made these choices kind of thing. Because you made these choices and also it matches what the universe was about. How okay. the, like, like these, like nothing, nothing felt like kind of shoehorned in. Now it, uh, granted, I didn't see like the shorter endings that like before they added like the director's cut where maybe they added a little more meat to the end, but, uh, right. um, what they, what, like I, I had one ending that I kind of chose, and then uh, I was like, you know what, this is this is how I would expect a sci-fi novel of this caliber yes, to, to end. end. So, okay, so I'd really recommend it. But now, like I said, you could get the whole thing on one on uh, one disc on for PS3. Box. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's probably three discs inside because they're so dense. But because they're big, yeah, those worlds huge. are. Huge. I mean, you literally you could sit. I remember just sitting there in front of the computer, just like reading backstory because it was so interesting <laughs> and so engaging. I'm like, yeah. I can't believe how much I'm actually reading with this game. And then it's full of action and fighting and everything. Well, it doesn't even matter. You know, whenever I talk to um uh anybody and I usually ask them what they're reading and I get a lot of kids who are like, Ma, I don't really read a lot. And I was like, yeah, what, are you playing any video games? And they're playing something like Portal or they're playing something, some huge open source game that has a lot of dialogue and, and, mm-hmm. So you know how to read, and you are reading something just because you're not reading Dickens. Don't you want to see the um, material that influenced these game designers? (laughs) And that's really what what you know. Because you look at like Mass Effect wouldn't have existed without you know the sci-fi novels that we all grew up with, without Larry Niven and and all these guys. You know what am I? Maybe without Alan Dean Foster, but just (laughs) (laughs) without, without Larry Niven. (laughs) <laughs> what uh who's what did Alan Dean Foster write? Uh, oh, what didn't he write? He was oh. like one of the, you know, he did the uh, a lot of the movie to book adaptations Oh, did he? Of, uh, yeah, he's um <laughs> Google him, you'll get you'll get a chuckle. All right. Uh, Fair yeah, enough. and I remember I and the funny thing is I say that with uh um um with uh <laughs> with some loving insult because I actually I read a bunch of his books growing up and oh, I was sure. like, yeah, I read a, a ton of his books. And then it's one of those epiphanies that you have is like, hey, after like the tenth book or so, yeah, he's not a very good writer, right? <laughs> but I'm like, but I've already <laughs> have so much time invested, right? Yeah, it's uh, right. And and if they were they a series or were they different everything, projects? Everything, everything, series, projects, short stories, okay, uh, all sorts of different things. Super he's a very prolific. unbelievably prolific, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as believe me, uh, but I, I want to get back to two like. um one of the first video games that actually affected me and that I never finished. Why? I was so angry I never finished it, but it was called Ultima 4. Okay. And Quest of the Avatar. In fact, right. I had named my cat Avatar. My cat is 14 years old. Right. So you can imagine now when people say, oh, you named your cat Avatar after that dumb movie? <laughs> no! I named my her 14 years ago after a um, Ultima 4, after a Lord British game that I played on my Atari 800XL. <laughs> wow! <laughs> What I never I've never even heard of it. Ultima is a fantasy role playing game. It's one of the pioneer ones, and they've okay. gone all the way up to Ultima Online. Ultima Lord British made a ton of these these games, and it was the first game that actually. Are you saying the name of the author? Lord British, yeah. Is How the do one you spell Lord? Lord. 
Lord. Lord, L-O-R-D. His like name Lord is Correct. Lord British? Yes, that's not his um, actual name. It's like Richard Garrett. No Garrett. one does yeah. that. And, uh, my name's Muad'Dib. Yeah. Please call me Muad'Dib. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a documentary actually about him too that I haven't seen that I heard is, is great. Now, it's the first game, and keep in mind, this it's completely pixelated. It's a right. tiny little game that's, I think it could Just fit into 16 four bit. megabytes. Oh, yeah. okay. Like literally, you would play on your computer an Atari 800XL, like okay. an old computer. Yeah. It was the first game that started using you and your decisions to affect gameplay. Like, like it had like its own like belief system. It had its own, uh, like, like if you were, dishonest like right. like say you're at a you're a, there's a shopkeeper and okay. the shopkeeper is blind so you need reagents for your spells okay so you cheat the shopkeeper on all this money i'm like oh great i'm getting all you're this allowed stuff for free to cheat the shop- you're allowed to cheat the shopkeeper but then what happens is when you ask the mage to join your party yeah the mage goes you're not honest enough for me to join your party oh so and those are the things that happens and you have to have everyone join your party to win the game so, <laughs> so then what I think I, what I did to fix it, cause I wanted to see if that would work. Yeah. I had to overpay the shopkeeper again then to buy more stuff and then you become <laughs> more honest again. But like they ask you questions about compassion, honesty, valor, truthfulness. And then when you ask all these questions about morality at the beginning of the game. Yeah. That determines your class and where you start in the game. Okay. And so remember, it's like D and D. Yeah. This is a long time ago. This right. is a, yeah, I remember playing this as a teenager and then, I never finished it because back then those games were so hard yeah. and they did not have many places to save, even on a computer game. Right. And there was a final dungeon and you had to get, you had to have everyone in your party. You yep. had to have a three part key and you had to have a magic word. Wow. And those are the, all the things you needed to get down to the dungeon at the end of the, the, the game. Right. You can't save in the dungeon. So you literally, it took me hours and hours and hours just playing straight to get from the top of the dungeon to the bottom of the dungeon and like, I had the key. I had everyone in the party. Yeah. I, was, I had all like eight members. And then. Eight I, members? Yeah. It was a crazy. It was like you had to have eight. Yeah. 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 And, uh, cause you're one of them and then you fill up the other seven. So whatever one you play, that's the character that doesn't come with you. Right. And then, um, you had to have the magic word. And I had the magic word that was broken up into three parts. And I put them in the wrong order. And you put the magic word in the wrong order, and then the game shuts down and sends you to the back, the, the beginning of the dungeon. And I stared at the computer screen. Uh, actually, it wasn't even a computer screen. It was a TV. You know, when you hook up the computer yeah. to your TV, and I just was completely silent and in shock. I'm like, oh, my God. And I then just spent five hours I just spent to five get hours here. to get here, and now uh, it's it's for nothing. And I don't even know the right order to put these words in. And then one of my friends, I told my friend about that, and like a week later he called me, and he goes, um, "This is the uh, this is the word Varamacor. It's V O R A M and the A M O, and then like C O R, and like that's the right order." And I'm like, "Thanks, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> There's oh, no way." So right. anybody who ever finished Ultima Four, you have my immense admiration. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing is, is is I love that 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 um, who made Ultima Four. What the hell is going yes, on with my uh, home I number? I think Lord British is calling. He's like, yes, it's Richard Garriott. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, I think that was the first one that really just kind of influenced me. And you could see what game design could be, like uh, how you could really involve the gamer actually in the story, even with um, 
different morality decisions that you could you could have in your game. And now all of a sudden, uh, it wasn't all of a sudden, but in a, a, as you would think that would start catching on, yeah. but that really didn't. I mean, it was so far ahead of its time, and not not a lot of games continued to do that. I wonder what year that was. was. Uh, I mean, I'll put it in the notes and stuff because it sounds fascinating. It is. It is. Because you're talking like 15 years ago, yeah, right? Yeah. And you can get the game for free online right now. Yeah. I'm uh, sure that there's some sort of... Like it just play it, you know, online or whatever, but it's... uh um, what it's I'd really, really they were harder. Yeah, they, they were, were unbelievably harder. That 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 Final Fantasy Legend joke that I used to do a thousand oh, yes. years ago, <laughs> and that game where you I, had to fight God, where you had to fight God, mm-hmm. and um, I have at least every three months I get a guy who's about twenty five years old who comes up mm-hmm. to me and goes, I realized I just got an email from a guy named Jesse. I did a Sketchfest show at a jazz club for essentially just. Just piles, just tables full of haircuts is what I call these guys. They're, it's like 1985 mm-hmm. somewhere in the world. And right. it's, it's Alex P. Keaton. I don't have a, a more current reference than that <laughs> because they're yuppies. They're mm-hmm. weird. And he was a nice enough guy, but it was like, it was just part of a, a pile of haircuts that I was doing stand up for. And I was opening for a band called The Girls, mm-hmm. which is Allison Bree. Her cover band from Community, she has a cover band, and they're three amazingly beautiful 25-year-old women. And so who was watching them but a pile of dudes, you know, right. bros. a pile. Uh, just a, they, were, they were like fucking puppies, man. Yeah. It was just like a pile of haircuts just looking at her going, no, I didn't want to hear this song, but she's pretty. Yeah. Because you know what, like in L.A., when you meet people that are so good-looking that you don't even know how to talk to them? Yes, she, these women were so good looking that it was distracting. And I've been raised, of course, to believe I've completely digressed, but I've been raised to believe that a, those people are mean because I saw Heather's. Mm-hmm. I also don't have a newer reference than that. Mean yeah. girls. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, um, and then I also think I've been raised to believe that they're dumb. And these three women were neither, were neither mean nor dumb. They I were, know, isn't it unfair? It was, it what <laughs> it didn't feel, it was confusing. It's, yeah, I, I, it I, threw me yeah, for By a the loop. way, men do that with men as well. We, you know, when we see like a really good looking guy, we're yeah. like, oh, thank God, he's probably so dumb. Right. Like, oh no, he's a, he's no, no. a doctor and he's, you know, Perfectly he's a surgeon handsome. and he's, like, how dare you? How, how dare, dare you, you be good at everything? Yes, sir. yeah, that's just not genetic lottery and you've made every correct decision. What and, is wrong with you? And or madam yeah yeah (laughs) right so but i get every three or four months a guy will come up to me and go i realized who you were in the middle of your act you did that show that joke about final fantasy legend in 2003 i was 11 and uh it was so great it literally i was like finally Someone's talking about video games and comedy. <laughs> it's about time. It's about like chocolate and peanut butter. I have tried to play that game again, by the way, on my mm-hmm. old, I have a, I have a brick too. I got right. the old gray brick, but it, it'll play in the Game Boy Advance, the, mm-hmm. the, the old, um, that, that Final Fantasy Legend. Yeah, yeah. And it could not be harder. It was so hard that the fact that I, I mean, I had to call and get, and, 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 and get help. Right. Because there was no way to beat the final boss. Right. And, but the games were harder and then, but I don't, I don't remember them not being inexorable. You know, like with a game, it's usually you are going in this direction. You are right. going. And the newer games, the better games are like that one, Ultima 4, 
where your decisions do affect yes. the next decision. Yeah. And, and you're, you're seeing too, like even a game like, uh, like I just started playing The Last of Us, which okay. is amazing. What is that? Uh, Last of Us is, uh, um, in fact, my wife and I have been playing it together actually because it's one of those games that is it's story driven basically it's a zombie apocalypse okay but does not necessarily focus on the zombie apocalypse aspect of it it's more like walking dead where it focuses more on and we've just started playing it so um we're not too far in um how humanity and society is going to crumble and break apart when this actually <laughs> happens. So cheerful. Yeah. So you're not actually, you're dealing with more the surviving humans than you are with the actual with, with, with any bad guys. You're dealing yeah. with the actual bad guys that are still together. There's the, yeah. That you're like, Oh my God, everyone's just kind of trying to survive and we've, you know, devolved into animals. And then there's a, uh, there's a character like a teenage girl that comes in and kind of challenges that worldview. So it's okay. very, it's very like, uh, it's not a kid's game at all. Oh yeah. And, but that's what I love about now video games too. Like there's games that now I play with my kids. Like I introduced my five-year-old to Ratchet and Clank and we're really enjoying it. Excellent. And my eight-year-old and my five-year-old are, we're also playing like Skylanders together. Mm -hmm. And then when Mm -hmm. they go to bed to bring out Red Dead Redemption or The Last of Us or Mass Effect or right now I'm still finishing LA Noir. And that's the one I'm currently playing. Andy said that that was so gorgeous when he, they were working on that when he worked at PlayStation. It's unbelievable. It's- he said that they spent uh, like nine months taking pictures of, of historical LA so that they could do the art. I am not surprised at that at all. And here yeah. is why. Cause this just, I just talked about this on another podcast. The, when the long shot is because this has never happened to me in a video game before. You know, you get assigned, you're a detective, you get assigned to different places right. in LA, the, the different police stations, you know, you're like homicide vice or whatever. Okay. And vice, and I'm like, I'm turning out of the police station for the first time and I realize it's Wilcox Boulevard in Hollywood. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I think there still is a police station on this road. I used to live on Wilcox. Right. So I just start driving the car up virtual Los Angeles and I go, there's the Mark Twain Hotel. There's the post office. <laughs> I used to live here. Like you're literally driving in 40s Los Angeles and I'm recognizing things that I've yeah. seen where I used to live. Right. So I go up and then obviously the apartment complex isn't there up on Wilcox. I'm like, you know, let me just turn down, turn, let me just turn down, um, uh, Hollywood that restaurant still there. Yeah. Uh, Musso and friends. Like, yes, <laughs> it's there. It's in the game. And it's That's like, awesome. you get extra points for seeing like it's a landmark. Yeah. The, uh, Grom and Chinese theater. I had a shootout th- at the Egyptian. Oh, it was sweet. fantastic. <laughs> so it was just this weird thing. Like I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. It, it's especially like, oh, I've, I've walked past these things that I'm now virtually driving through. Right. Right. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, and that, I, I hope they make another one of those. I don't know how well it did or whatever. It did not do very well. And he was like, it's, it was such a pain. It was such a pity. He was, he was that's, really, that's a sad shame because it that. deserves better. Cause that's like, again, it's like being in a, uh, you know, a noir detective novel. Yeah. It's and, like being in a movie. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think it's late. I think it's at late forties, I believe is when it's set. Post World War II. Post World War II. Exactly. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, just because of the, 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 the white flight. No, yes. I don't know. The, yeah, that's not what it's called. <sighs> it's everyone trying to, uh, like LA is just starting to get built up and everyone's kind of recovering from World War II. Right. That's, so there's know, a lot of GIs who came. A lot of and... crime. And, you know, one of the, one of the storylines is that one of the crimes is, is like a lot of the morphine ends up on the streets. Okay. Like, and it's being distributed and that's one of the, the crimes you have to solve. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. 
But, you know, you're chasing suspects. If they run from an interview, you're interviewing, you're interrogating them in interrogating rooms, and you're doing car chases. It's and you, unbelievable. It can, and it can go in so many. Those open world games are yeah. so amazing. Yeah, and there's like, quote, street crime. Or like, well, I don't feel like doing the main, you know, um, crime right now. Let me just drive around and find some street crime and just chase down some punks. <laughs> you can do that, too. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, yeah, and there's, and there, and Ratchet and Clank, it's interesting, uh, Andy's uh, ex-girlfriend, uh, in, uh, designed that. Oh, really? Yeah, it was her, it was her first big game and it was huge. And oh, Ratchet like, Clank was huge, yeah. I am very. They're still making them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she got to start her own studio because of it. Wow. Insomniac? He, uh, probably. I yeah. don't know. And yeah. all I know is he was like, I am very happy for her. I am very, very, <laughs> very happy. And he, he is, he is genuinely happy <laughs> yeah. for her because, you know, he, he introduced her to a lot of people that got her into the business. And so, cause he believed in her because she's right. great, he says. Mm-hmm. And obviously she is Ratchet and Clank and, and she was one of the driving forces on that. So, mm-hmm. but that's, uh, that's a super fun game because that's just a, a, a shoot 'em up. You know, yeah, run around uh, and shoot pl- up. platform, a shoot 'em up platform game. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. neat. And then there's the side-scrolling mini games in it. And and uh, have you seen those yet? Oh, I I used to play them like all the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh-huh. so that's always. I mean, I like mm-hmm. I like a mini game. I like. Right. Sometimes they're too big, and I like like I I played a lot of Zelda on oh, because yeah. it was it was essentially Final Fantasy Legend Light. Right. <laughs> and, uh, like the sort of the the the, the easier version of Final mm-hmm. Fantasy uh for Game Boy. And I loved like Link to the Past was mm-hmm. probably I tried to play that damn Phantom Hourglass one and I just got Oh, I trapped. played that. Yeah, I yeah. Got trapped Phantom on the Hourglass. ghost. I got trapped on the ghost ship every time. Oh, yeah, that's that's a tricky one to get out of. We we did that. I I went that through that one on my own then I took uh my 5-year-old really wanted to go through that so we did that one together. Oh, nice. And uh then he, we played like some of the Zeldas on uh the Wii cuz we have the Wii too. Yep. And then the other thing that he really loved was uh we played Epic Mickey. Oh, which was right. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, if you're a Disney fan, that's a really fun game. That's a, that's a good one. How about that Kingdom? Kingdom Hearts is fun. Now, that's one of the things I don't like about the PlayStation is we had, uh, one of those rare PlayStations now that was backwards compatible. So we could play all the PS2 games. Like, yeah, we have that. Like, yeah, but it, mine broke. So, ah. so what happens is when it breaks, you may or may not be able to get it repaired, send it back to Sony, but then what I was, sometimes that's great, but sometimes then it breaks again, there's no warranty. Right. I'm like, you know, let me just buy a new one. But the right. problem with that is then you lose the backward, the backward compatibility, which I, hear, I really like. Now, am I wrong in thinking that the PS4 is backward compatible to sort, everything? Sort of. What they're going to do is it's going to be like a streaming and not a, I think it is streaming actually. It is it's str- a service. Like you can't stick. An old disc in the machine for it to work. Everything's got to be online, which means okay. you're gonna have to pay like another fee and stuff for. I get which it. Which I don't really like. I mean, I really, it doesn't really, it's His not. PS2 that, still works too. Yeah. It's not that hard to really make stuff backwards compatible. It's definitely doable. Yeah. Um, but the companies are just choosing not to. Right. Because right. they want to make those extra bucks. But there's all, you know, there's a lot of old games that I would like to go back to and play. And, right. Right. And show my kids and. You know, the thing about Ratchet and Clank, what they do, which is great, that's a PS2 game, but right. they repackage them and re-release them, so they'll play on PS3. Like yeah. One Ratchet and Clank collection has three PS2 games on it. Right, right. So, and, and, and it's But they totally... don't do that with every game. No, they don't do it with every game. There was, uh, there was a, one of the first dates we had, uh, he showed me the weirdest, and I've talked about it before, uh, it's a PS2 game. It was $4. Because we bought it together on one of our first dates looking at DVDs, mm. and he found it in the game bin. It was called Stretch Panic. And, uh, I think I've heard of that game. Stretch Panic is a Japanese game 
made in Japan. So it's going to be weird. Sure. Sure. And what it is is it's about a little girl whose sister gets kidnapped by um essentially these demon ladies. And so she goes into the demon lady world and has to fight all the demon ladies. Well, the demon ladies are just giant boobs. And, um, are they and, naked? And, no, but they're on these spinning platforms and you can, um, push them off the platform, but their boobs flatten out and they turn into helicopter wings and they bring them back up to the platform. Oh dear. So the, the, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the only way to beat them is to run around the back of them and pull their ponytails. Of course. And that, and that will, <laughs> and, that, that, and that will nullify their boob helicopter power. <laughs> well, what it does is it, it affects your hit points and then, yeah. so uh, it was one of the weirdest games I had ever seen in my life. So there's so many, but now there's, there's, I mean, you guys have the iPad yes. for the kids mm-hmm. and, and I, <clears throat> I play. There was a middle management of justice. Oh, I heard that's great. I've you told me about. that. I think I told you about that, and that was uh, that that was uh, an amazing game. And Mm -hmm. there's just been an upgrade where there's a new boss and stuff. Uh So I'm looking forward to that. And I think the game, I like a I like an iPad game that just charges me. Just charge me two bucks. Right. Charge me four bucks. Yeah, I don't like. Be good. I'd hate that in-game purchases and like I guess I guess there's a word like freemium. Yeah. Like especially oh no the game's free but if you actually want to play it you have to buy all these things with real money. Now I've been playing Candy Crush for about uh, six months and I've given them dime none, dime none. But they're making a million dollars a day. Wow, really? Yeah. On Candy Crush. That is awful. Yeah. Oh, well, awfully good for it's, them. It's great for them. And they're just like, and it's fine. And Candy Crush is just bejeweled. And I, I agree. I mean, I, maybe it's, maybe people like doing that. I'd actually like to hear from fans. Maybe they'll, they'll email you or whatever yeah. or post like, do you like the in-app purchases? I don't. I'd rather pay two, three dollars for a game and actually just get the game. I just get play. the game yeah. and it would be fun. And then if there's an upgrade or a, or a second or an version, expansion pack, I'll pay right. another 99 cents, cents or whatever. for an expansion pack. But I don't want to buy like gems or in-game money so I can actually finish the game. Right. I know that, I mean, I had Tracy Ashley was on the show. She's a big Sims fan. Mm-hmm. And she said she's, she does an in-game purchase. She bought a beautiful aquarium for one of her houses. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, what? She said it was limited. I don't yeah. think you would understand <laughs> it was not available all the time right was it limited to the number that they were willing to sell yeah because that's what i was thinking was limited but the, you know a thing about code is there's no limit to it there's no it limit copies to it. itself <laughs> and then do you play any facebook games do you do any no of that? i won't do that i, I use facebook for solely work. for uh work pretty much yeah and occasionally you know talking to friends that's right it. I uh, I play a lot of hidden object games, <laughs> uh, but there's one by Zynga. There's one by Disney that I'm playing. It's called Hidden Worlds, mm. and you go into the different worlds, and it's a freemium game, and it's a pain in the ass. But but you play it through Facebook. You can play it through Facebook, but it's the first one you can play on I can, that I can play on my iPad that works oh, because okay. Zynga <laughs> makes everything in Flash. Oh, and the right. flash won't work on the iPad. Correct. I'm sure it'll work on a surface, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but it won't work on the iPad. So the hidden world. Now, is let's great. clarify too. Technologically, can Flash not work on the iPad? Tec- no, oh. of course not. Apple chooses not to let Flash work on the iPad. Yes, uh, it's true, and it it blows. Yeah. But the I, so I played this thing called Hidden Chronicles, and it was mm-hmm. sort of a. I can't even remember what it was. It was, oh, it was like a, it was, it was a, it was a travel thing and you built uh, your estate and stuff and it was kind of cool. They made a new game and it's just hidden objects, but it's called Hidden Shadows and you mm-hmm. are 
a clairvoyant psychic. You can talk to ghosts. Oh, weird. And, um, one of my favorite jokes right now is Mike Kaplan's joke of like, who believes in ghosts here? By applause, uh, who's wrong? Anyone? 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 Dude, dude, you're killing me. And, uh, but the, um, the, the weird thing is, is the hidden shadows thing is so barely for me, much less for children because it's a murder thing. So there's usually the first screen is a victim that's hanging that has been blown to pieces. There's blood everywhere. And you're like, find the golf club. Yeah. Uh, find the toaster. Find, you know, you have to find everything around the victim's body because it's a hidden object game. Right, right. And then like, find the victim's body. And then you send it off. And then you're a cop too. So you send, you know, the, the. Morbid. It's super morbid. <laughs> and it got very creepy and I didn't want to continue playing it. But you know when a video game makes you make a, de- a decision you don't want to make? I don't know if this has happened to you where you're like, well, to go to the next level, I have to euthanize this guy. It's sort of a, a Vice City kind of situation. Oh, it's rarely because I don't, I don't, uh, like, don't I don't really those. play those, like, um, I don't play Grand Theft Auto like those games. But the one, there's one time in God of War did that yeah. where you have to actually sacrifice a prisoner to open a door. Right. And I was like, I don't like doing stuff like that, to be honest. I'm a little, uh, you know, I, 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 I want the, I want the hero to be a better person yeah, than I would yeah. ever be. And this is, I think this is a, this is a, um, just a creative choice for me as a game player. I don't like stuff like that. No, no. Yeah. It's, there was, remember Diablo for, for the PC? Yes. Uh-huh. That was, uh, that one creeped me out and I don't think it had any of those decisions, but no, I thought, it didn't. it's gonna have those decisions. But it was still, but it was still creepy, but creepy in a, uh, um, a more, uh, a better way, I think. Yeah, yeah, just like sort of a horror yeah. novel kind of way, as like, in a choice way. Like the other thing I like that sometimes we see some of these old games get converted to iPad. Like we're playing, uh, my daughter and I are playing Real Mist right now on the iPad. MYST Mist? Yeah, uh uh-huh. yeah. Like it's, it's Mist, but what they did is they, um, made it so it wasn't like the slideshow as you're sliding through. Like everything yeah. is built 3D. So okay. you can actually walk around the world. Um, I'll tell you, I never won that game because all I did was spend all of my time in the library. <laughs> Again, you could read. You could yeah, read that's all, all I stuff. did. I just read yeah. all the backstory. Uh-huh. And, and it's it's really uh, it's one of those games too that's like to introduce your kids to it. You're like they've never seen a game like that before. Right. They're like you know it's all jumping around, shooting, climbing, and yep. fast pace, and like oh there's the and it once they started uh, even my my son started to kind of see how different it was and how you get the gameplay is in that sense of satisfaction for when you solve a puzzle and you can go to a place you couldn't go before. Yep. It's just a lot slower paced. But once, you know, you, you teach them, they're like, no, that's okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> you'll still yeah, yeah. enjoy it. And, um, it, it, you see the look on their faces when they figure it out or, you know, you yeah. have to figure it out. And it's just like, oh my God, I had that same look on my face when I would play video <laughs> games at that age. Um, yeah. so it, it, it's really, and those games, I, I, I don't want to see them go away. Like those right. point and click adventures. In fact, the guys that, did missed um, right. um Siam they did a kickstarter um they raised 1.3 million dollars for a new game that's like missed okay and uh um uh, abduction it's called so that'll okay. be out like uh, oh i i donated to that one i'm not just i don't just have a project on kickstarter right I, you're not i do i support the uh, the other stuff on there as well and i'm like i you're can't like wait for this you're like that guy from the suit guy you're yeah. like you're the, <laughs> i'm also a client you're also yeah. a client and uh, and again i did the old school thing where it's like oh digital download of the of the game no I want the box right. with the disc in it and the art. Yes, and, and I want. Yeah, I want. I I want a how I used copy. to buy. Yeah, <laughs> games. So I did the I did the actual box tier. 
Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I write. Yeah, it's it's Andy does a lot of um. He loves the board game kickstarters. He thinks that it's a really fun way for people to make their own board game. And they're lower. They're the lower goals, aren't they? Above. Yeah, they're usually only about five to twenty grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he's he's working on a couple of video games right now, and one of them is with this guy who did a board game for a webcomic through Kickstarter and I think it was Order of the Stick. Mm-hmm. Nope. Kingdom Come. Whatever. And mm-hmm. uh <laughs> the uh but it was uh it's it's very neat. And I think that that there's people the gaming did you hear about Alan Moore talking about how he didn't want to do comic books anymore because he doesn't believe in superheroes? Did you hear about Alan Moore complaining about everything? Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear that part? <laughs> How Alan Moore is a curmudgeon and yeah. was born an elderly curmudgeon. Anytime, get off my lawn, man. yeah. Anytime Alan Moore opens his mouth, it's the equivalent of "get off my lawn." <laughs> That's all it is. It doesn't matter what the subject is, what he's talking about. It's, you know, I didn't know who he was before I started reading comic books, and so when when it first was like, yeah, V for Vendetta, he he took his name off it. He doesn't want any part of it. I was like. Why wouldn't he want us? That was a great movie. What happened yeah, there? Yeah, no, he's so against it. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen takes his name off. Uh, yeah. I wonder if he gave the money back. Probably Unlikely. not. Yeah. yeah. It turns out he bought land. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that, yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's so many, like people talk about, you know, remember the Star Trek with Wesley and the, and everybody, everybody getting addicted next generation. to the next track. Yeah. It was a, it was a, and it was. Everyone gets addicted to the video game and no one has any interaction in the world anymore. Because it hits your pleasure center. So every time you get a goal, you get an orgasm. Yes, I remember that episode. <laughs> Distinctly, it yes. turns out. And, but I think that there is... By the way, perfectly understandable. Why you would check <laughs> <Yes>. out. <laughs> exactly. Feel free to kill me. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I know. it's, But it feels like there's there's so much to be taught and learned in video games. And I think that... That the kind of games like you're doing, you know, the games that you choose to play reflect the kind of person that you are yeah. to some extent, you know? And you're like, well, I, I'm, you know, in some cases, like I'm in airports all the time. So Candy Crush and, uh, Bejeweled and things that, that I don't have to be online. Like I think Hidden, Sh- Hidden Shadows and even the Hidden Worlds Disney one. Right. I have to be online to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just want to. Play free cell. Is that yeah. something that's a, an option? And solitaire, it, you know, holds some allure. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I mean, I just think that. Oh, the, no, I, I totally get what you're saying because it's, it, uh, your game will match your lifestyle and your interests. Like yeah. I, I like a game that where the story washes over me, where it's, you know, you get to see the story progression and the characters and all that stuff that yeah. more. A meteor story than say like, and my wife just likes like her favorite is just the Mario games where you jump and yeah. platforming and shit. And right, right. So it's and you, you can know, play for forty five minutes, right? Or exactly, half an and hour. stop, and I don't have to be invested in it. And, yeah, you know, whatever. And Ultima it's, Four, I gotta find the place exactly. where I can save. What's yeah. gonna happen? And yeah, and I have to put the magic word in the right order. <laughs> um, but it's. Yeah, and that's what's amazing about video games is when they first started, you didn't have all those choices before. There was just, you know, you had Pong, you had Atari 2600, you had back when Activision was making Fishing Derby, you know. (laughs) Uh, But now you have the choices in video games the way you have with other entertainment, which is so fantastic. You have any type of movie or TV show, you could get um, 
you know, something like that in an equivalent, in an equivalent in, video. in video games. Yeah, yeah. You want something you just want to watch right away or be quick or be done. You want some long sweeping epic. You could do that. Right. And you could have something that spans the course of two to three games. Yeah. It's sort of, it's more like board games, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just like, I don't want to play Axis and Allies right now. Right. I just want to play Monopoly. I want to, <laughs> I don't want to ever play Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't mind playing, you know, like if you, if you play like guillotine, or guillotine, whatever right. you want to call it. That is a, you know, it's a, it's or a Munchkin. 30... We were just talking about Munchkin. Yeah, Munchkin. Mm-hmm. Munchkin can, can, can drag a little bit though. Cause it could take a long time if everybody just, you know, it takes just forever. Attacking each other. Yeah, yeah. You're just attacking each other. And, uh, but there's, um, I bought Andy a, a game for his birthday called Friday. It mm-hmm. was recommended by Rich Summer, mm-hmm. who was on the Dork Forest, uh, talking about board games about a year and a half ago. And it's a solo board game. It's essentially really? solitaire. But what you do is you play, uh, Robinson Caruso's slave Friday uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> and you try to, uh, keep him alive and then fight the pirates. And it's really fun. It's a deck building game where you, where you, it's, it's cards and so you're and playing against the game. You're playing against the game. Now and that's the new trend too. Like you could play, you, there's other games that you could have three or four people and you play against the game too, like yeah. pandemic, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's cooperative. And, and, uh, we got to meet the other guy, the other night, uh, guy from Rio Grande games, uh-huh. the, the CEO of that. Funny thing about Rio Grande games, they make Dominion. They make, right. um, uh, a lot of, uh, Carcassonne. Now what would, uh, I'm going to ask you a question then. Would you, what, what game would you recommend as a co-op play that I could actually play with my kids? With your kids? Uh huh. There is a co-op one. You know, the only the only co-op ones that I know of are a little dark, right? Okay. Because there's a Lord of the Rings timeline game that's really cooperative, mm-hmm. and then there's an Arkham Horror one that's <laughs> cooperative, and then there's Pandemic. Right. And Pandemic, I think, has the best bet. I've played that with little kids before. Uh-huh. I played it with like eight, eight mm-hmm. years old, and um, and it's good because. Pandemic, you're, you're, cause you're a scientist and you're yeah. a doctor and you're a, you're a dispatcher and, and you're all these things and you're sending, you're trying to cure the world. It's not like the pandemic video game online where you are the pandemic. Right. And different. you're trying to kill the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, less fun. Yeah. So, uh, so really? I think, I think pandemic would be fun for the okay. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll show it to you after the show. We're, uh, yeah, we're coming up on it and, um, so let's just do it again. Comedyfilmnerds.com. Yes. And Chris Mancini, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to have not said his name for an hour, sadly. <laughs> Chris Mancini. And oh, I was going to say the main thing is uh, the Kickstarter came yeah. in because it ends February 24th. Okay. Well, so. I'm going to drop this quick then. It'll be a bonus ep. Oh, And it'll be you. super fun. Jackie, it is so nice of you to make a special uh, episode. So yeah. we could I could be on and we could I, k- I, kickstart this. I support this. all things Chris Mancini <laughs> and Travel <laughs> and, and Comedy We Film really Nerds. appreciate it because we need the help. We need the help with the podcast. Podcast fans and I know together we can do it. Let's make it. it let's make it happen, people. It'll, it'll be an awesome documentary. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Kickstarter.com slash uh, earbuds, the podcast documentary. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Jackie. Bye. All right. That was great. Thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. Uh, the bonus content, which is Andy and I discussing the show, uh, is available on the apps, the Libsyn sold apps. For some reason, Libsyn is also just posting it for free, so you don't have to buy the app. You can just go to tdf.libsyn.com if you're just downloading it to your iTunes and putting it on some other app to listen to all of the different podcasts that you listen to. So if you want to listen to the bonus content, just go to tdf.libsyn.com, or you can buy the app if you want. And 
Uh, you can also just go to iTunes, by the way, and review the show. iTunes supposedly cares about that. So if you're enjoying the show, and I read them, and that's great. And if you ever want to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. The credits, of course. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song. He's going to sing the Mexican hat dance right here in a moment. And Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com, where, by the way, there is a donation button, JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. Feel free to donate. I'd love everyone to give me a 100 bucks a year. That is $8.33 a month. I have not figured out a way to make that easy for you. You would have to remember that. Or you can just throw me some money. If you don't have any money, uh, that's fine as well. But feel free to talk up the show. And if you would like merch, if you'd like a, a Dork Forest t-shirt or a CD of my stand-up comedy or would like to know where I'm doing stand-up, go to JackieCation.com and hook yourself up. There's also an Amazon banner. If you want to, or if you ever order from Amazon, and we all do, go through JackieCation.com and the Amazon banner. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. See you next week. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?